Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. Good morning. Listening to McNamara on money. <laughs> the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. I'm one of the financial advisors at McNamara Financial. I am trying to log into Zoom. I have a guest, I don't, but I don't know if, if, you can, if he can hear me. Yes, he can hear me now. Yes. I can hear you, Kirk. Oh, Everett. How are we doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So my guest this morning is Everett Henderson from Henderson Insurance. So we're going to be talking about insurance today. So good morning, Everett. I know you're, you're uh, we're doing this over the, uh, over Zoom today, but you are down in North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, I am. We, uh, I opened a North Carolina office um, just um, two weeks ago. So I've been down here getting it up and started and so forth. That's where I am today. Brand new in North Carolina. And you're Previously, you were in Franklin, Mass. Is that correct? I was in Walpole last Wal- time. I, Walpole. Uh, I was in Franklin, then moved to Walpole, and then now I have a office down in North Carolina as well. Okay. I still have an office in Walpole too. Okay. All right. So we had we had originally found you through a mutual colleague, and the main reason we found you, although you do lots of other lots of other services and insurance, was for people that are maybe retiring or have a spouse that is retiring, and they're not quite sixty five, and so they're not they're not ready to go on Medicare just yet, but they need help with health insurance, and so it's tough to find somebody that that provides that service. So we struggled for years and years to find you, Everett. So I'm glad we found you now. And I know we've we've sent a few people to you, which has been great that we've had you. But besides health insurance, I know you do other other insurances. So why don't you take a second, Everett, and you can introduce yourself and tell about all the services that you do provide. Thank you. Yes, we became acquainted through a mutual friend of ours, Peter Stoner, who actually does a lot of Medicare. And Peter and I are good friends, and he heard a lot of Clients that he can't handle in the health insurance market to me as well as you do and a lot of other people. And I've been in the health insurance market for since 2009 and working with folks for small companies, large companies, people that are not with companies. I've been doing this for quite some time now and it's been very beneficial to me and my company as I've grown. Like you said, there there are not a lot of people that actually handle health insurance, mainly because I think they feel that there's not enough income that they can make off of it. And while health insurance is certainly on the lower end of income um, for a lot of agents and brokers, I find that it's it's a very good lead-in for me to at least get introduced to people that are need health insurance. It's a very complex situation, very fluid-type situation that changes every year, and in some cases, monthly, as far as rates and so forth. And People just like they need help or they feel like they're, they just don't understand the whole concept and the details about the health insurance. So that's where I come in and I educate them, step them through the process, get them quotes, and then get them enrolled if they want to go forward. And it's, it allows me to meet a lot of people, both in the non-group market, as they call it, or the group market, which is for small uh, businesses, small and large. And it allows me to be there for them 
be their, their broker and offer them other insurance products they may need down the road, whether it be dental, vision, life, health, obviously, auto and home. I do also Medicare now as well. And it's been very beneficial um, for me and my company. I've grown it exponentially. I handle all of Massachusetts. I'm also licensed in New Hampshire and Rhode Island and Maine and now down in North Carolina and my business is growing. It's a quick down and dirty update on my company. Of course, yeah, North Carolina is the perfect addition to New England. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people walking down here, including myself. We are going to build down here eventually, but it's a beautiful state. Gets me out of the New England winters, which is like, a, it's just better uh, weather overall. I mean, have to deal with a few hurricanes that roll through here, but every once in a while, <laughs> you're say, that's okay. You're saying it's worth you're saying it's worth a few hurricanes just to avoid Ooh, the snow. Yeah. yeah, I'll take the hurricanes over the, the nor'easters with two, three feet of snow any day. Okay. Uh, although, uh, ask me that if a really bad one rolls through and I'm. I don't have any house to live in anymore. That's, but that's right. When your roof is gone, you might have a different opinion. But yeah. but okay. <laughs> Uh, we, they don't have, they obviously, we just had one that rolled through here, remnants that came up through Florida yesterday, and I think it's probably heading your way. But it wasn't too bad, it's windy, little rain, but they obviously get worse uh, depending on the track down here. But even the last one that rolled through here not too long ago, is there's areas that are high risk, and there's most of the areas on the lower side of risk. Okay. Yes. That's yes. It's uh, for your information. It's it's raining here a little bit today, but it's uh, quite warm. So it's it's been unseasonably warm uh, the last few days here. Uh, I think we broke a record a few days a week or so ago or a few days ago. So it's been okay so far. Um, yeah. All right. So could you maybe maybe expand just a little bit, Everett, as far as as far as your independence and maybe how you get paid? I represent. All the carriers in the state of Massachusetts and outside of Massachusetts as well. And they, the carriers all pay me. I work for the client. I don't charge an extra fee, mainly because I can offer other products, so I don't need to charge a, a, an extra fee like some brokers may do over over time. But And I, I get paid by the carriers. They all pay me the same amount of money depending on it doesn't matter which plan they go with or which carrier they choose. So I'm, I have no allegiance toward anyone one carrier. What I do is try and listen to my client, find out what their, their hot topics are, whether they're looking for a large network of doctors and hospitals, whether it's really budget or orientated, or if it's a cost of both, I'll be looking for a large deductible, high deductible, and help them choose a plan that's tailor-made for them. I send them all the options that they have, and then we go over all the plans uh, in detail so that they can choose the right plan that's right for them. So I work as their kind of consultant in this case, whether it's somebody that's not with the company or a small business or large business. And they think they find value in that because when they start doing research online, I get a slew of phone calls from people saying, I was on this website and I'm just lost. And when they call me, I'm able to streamline everything for them make them understand a lot more about what they're looking at, get them the quotes that they they need. And then once they choose a plan, it's a very quick process for me to get them enrolled. And I have a number of ways I get my clients enrolled into a plan. I have a number of platforms that I can take them depending on their, their needs and their situation. Because a lot of people think that especially in Massachusetts or outside, that they have to go through the state-run marketplace. And it's not everybody's aware of the Health Connector or 
most people are in Massachusetts, but that's not the only game in town. There's other ways to get enrolled into health insurance and brokers like myself can access those other platforms and make it easy for them. And there's no difference from the rates that I present to them as what they would find on the health connector or somewhere else. So it's an easier time for them to go through me because I will present them all the opportunities or options that they have and make it clarify it for them, make it an easier process and the decision making. And then once they decide, I get them enrolled. So it's an um, easier time for them to go through by choosing a broker. And then the benefit with me is they have me all year long. If they need any help with anything else, I uh, have any questions or any issues that arise, I tell them to call me. I can usually help them step them through whatever they need to do or take care of it myself. And, uh, and then at renewal time, because all the plans renewal at some point in time in the year, um, I step them through that process and go over the new rates. And if they want to look at other options, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, I think that's the that's the critical piece is that, number one, you're independent. You can look at all the different carriers and so you're not tied to one particular company. We like that. And also that, yeah, basically it's from the client's point of view. They're not they're not paying anything extra out of pocket to, to work with somebody that that knows how to navigate the system. Correct. Uh, you're exactly right on that one because a lot of people ask me that same question, is it more expensive for me to go through you? And the answer is no, because A, I don't charge a extra fee and there's no additional cost by going through me or going directly through whatever other resource. All the rates include whatever compensation would be going towards whatever broker. So it's, there's no additional cost, but I provide a valuable service. And when people call me, they get me, as opposed to calling the carrier or the health connector, you know, God only knows who you're getting. And you may be on the phone for a long time before you get anybody. So I think, so I think sorry. Okay, is that better? I think that's better. All right, sorry. I think, so maybe for now, maybe we could talk, continue to talk a little bit about health insurance and maybe talk about maybe like what your process is. If somebody calls you and how you help them, you know, the steps that you walk through to help them get to the right plan. Yep. So what happens, and I'm getting a lot of a lot of calls right now because it's open enrollment for the non-group market, which means anybody not affiliated with the company has the ability to enroll in a plan if they're not already in a plan or the plans that they're in for non-group market are renewing January 1st. So I'm getting a lot of people that are calling me up because they're getting notifications about their, besides my clients, I'm also getting a lot of phone calls from other people looking for help. Their rates are going up. They're unhappy with the rates. They're unhappy with the plan or they want to look at other options. But my, my role in this is to get all their details, name, address, date of birth, of everybody that needs coverage. Whether it is a non-group situation, meaning they're not affiliated with the company, or if by chance they're a, a small company, maybe a sole proprietor. I work with uh, sole proprietors all the time, one person companies or LLCs or, or corporations, and then I'll get them quotes. And what I need to get all their details, but like I said, their name, address, dates of birth of everybody that needs covered, and then I email them all their their off. And in the non-group market, there's a decent amount of coverages and plans depending on where they live in the state. There's car all the carriers that are out there, Blue Cross, Harvard, Always, Health and Sense, Tufts. There's a good, a decent amount of coverages and plans available to them. And then uh, if they're in a 
business setting and they're looking for rates for their small business or large business, there are three times the amount of plans that are available. So I kind of get their information from them, pick their brain, find out what, what they're looking for, let them know that a lot of people don't even know that they're self-employed and they can put their company, their plan through their company, even if they're a sole proprietor of one person, as long as they can document that they actually have more plans available to them. It's a tax write-off for the company and an expense that they can write off to a certain degree. And then I, once I gather all that information, I stuff them through all the different plans, going over the details such as what the co-pays are for the doctors, what the deductibles are, what the out-of-pocket maxes are, which every plan has, what the prescription coverage is, going into the hospital, what that cost would be, and then obviously what the premiums would be. And a lot of people, when they look at these spreadsheets that I send them with all those details, they get overwhelmed. So that's where I come in and kind of clarify all the details for them so that they can understand how everything works. Because it is confusing, especially when you're starting to look at these spreadsheets and you're looking at deductibles and out-of-pocket maxes and co-pays. It can be rather confusing to a great many people not knowing exactly how the plans work. And they can work differently depending on which plan you choose because some of the deductible is applicable right from the beginning and other plans are not so much. There are plans that are what they call HSA qualified, which is health savings account plan, which has a different variable attached to it, which means all the medical expenses outside of your annual physical are subject to that deductible right from the get. However, the HSA plans allow you to set up on the side a savings account that you can fund every year for yourself or your family which is a very good tax advantage for people because the money that you put there is put there tax-free. And as the bills come in throughout the months, people can access the money to pay those bills from the money that's in the HSA account and it's being used tax-free. A lot of people don't understand those day plans or they're not as widespread in New England as they probably could or should be because they are a great option. But it has a variable that an additional variable that you know, a lot of people don't gravitate to. It's bad enough dealing with the health insurance. Now I got to work worry about this as well. But if they really step back from it and say, "Hey, this is a way for me to save some fat, avoid paying Uncle Sam even more money," I can put money into this account. And it's there for me for when I need it for health or medical services, including dental and vision and prescriptions then it allows them to access that money tax-free and it saves them a decent amount of money on the taxes and, and the money's there so that they don't have to worry about it. But when you're dealing with some folks that they're living from paycheck to paycheck, especially in today's economy right now, it it's hard to fund that HSA so they don't want to go down that road. So I get it. But my job is to present all the all the options and let them decide what's right for them. Yeah, the, the HSA is... I agree with you. It's a great option for folks that qualify. And basically the main quali- 
qualification is you have to have a, what's called a high deductible plan, right? right? Everett, and that's basically the qualification. And so if you qualify for that, then you can have this HSA and basically any funds you put in from your payroll, from your paycheck are pre-tax, right? So you're paying tax on that income, goes into this account. And then when you use it for qualified expenses, there, there's no taxes on that money to use it. And the other thing they sometimes they talk about is that there are no required distributions, like from a retirement plan. So it's quote unquote, triple tax free is, is the term sometimes people use for the HSA. And the other thing, the other nice thing about the HSA is that you can accumulate funds in there and carry that into retirement. Yes. Versus like a, versus an FSA, a flexible savings account, where it's you have whatever money you put into there over the course of the year, you have to use it that year, or else it doesn't carry over to future years. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes, there are some FSAs nowadays that won't. You won't lose all the money, but you'll lose a good portion of it. But yes, most of them, if you use it or lose it, type of thing. And so the HSAs are certainly a better way. And like you just said, you can carry that well into the future for retirement. So if you max out your funding every year and you don't utilize that whole amount every year, whatever you have at retirement now can be used for whatever else. So it's a nice little benefit down the road. Not that people probably should use it because you're not making a lot of income on that money, but the money is there. So it's not in um, one of these investment tools that you can make a lot of money. Not that you can make a lot of money in this economy right now. Anyways, but it's one of those things that the money is there for you for whatever you need down the road for health medical services. Yeah, and I know that you do have the option, you do actually do have the option of investing those funds inside of an HSA, or at least I think some, if not all plans, offer that option. And, but we always, we always warn people about that because those are, those, that's money that you potentially need to cover deductibles and, and co-pays and whatever. We usually tell people if your out-of-pocket max is X, say it's $5,000 a year or whatever it is, we, we would recommend to people that they at least have maybe one to two years worth of keep it in cash. And then if there's additional dollars above that and they want to talk about investing it inside the HSA, then maybe we'd be okay with that. But you want to make sure you got yourself covered for a period of time and not be taking on any extra risk there. Yes. No, you're, you're right. Depending on which variable or which vehicle you use for your set up your HSA account, most of the banks, they stick it into a maybe a higher interest savings account for you. But there are some other companies like Fidelity. Everett, Everett sorry to interrupt, but we're going we're gonna to take a break. If you believe it or not, we, we've run through the first segment here. So we're going to take it. We'll be back in a couple minutes and we'll continue on. All right. All right. Thanks, Everett. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. I'm one of the financial advisors at McNamara McNamara Financial in Marshfield. We also have a location up in Chelmsford, Mass. The topic today is, well, 
insurance, broadly speaking. We've been talking about uh, health insurance so far. So Everett, uh, good morning again. Thank you for being with us today. So Everett Henderson from Henderson Insurance of Massachusetts, now also North Carolina. You're calling us today from North Carolina, but you do still have a presence in Massachusetts. So for our, our listeners today, they can they can contact you and utilize your services. And I yeah, so I don't maybe you could give out that information. I don't think you gave out like contact info if you want to do that. True. Yes, my the company name is Henderson Insurance Group. We are in Massachusetts. I still have an office up there, and I also have a now an office down in North Carolina. I do service all of the most of New England, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. And my contact information is six one seven eight four two three one seven zero, and my website is www henderson insuranceus.com and you can utilize me there and even email me through my website and send me a request right through my website and I even though I am down in North Carolina right now like I said I have an office in, in Walpole Mass and I will be back and forth between the offices most of my clients are in Massachusetts anyways I intend on continuing to help them and also anybody else that contacts me from all the states that I'm uh, licensed and helping them and servicing them throughout the years it's not like just because I have an office down in North Carolina it's not going anywhere I'm still available this whole pandemic kind of forced people to rethink where they want to live and also what type of business they want to set up and this just enabled me to think outside the block and think about maybe coming down here, opening, building a house, opening an office down here. And do most of my my sales or my consultation via the phone anyways or Zoom calls. I don't need a lot of clients anymore, which is sad, but it's just the nature of the beast that's happened over the... It was trending that way anyways, and then COVID stuck a fork in it. And now most people are happy with just contacting me on the phone or Zoom and dealing email but I will meet clients that need it and like I said I will be up up and back and forth between North Carolina and Walpole on a regular basis yeah I don't know if people are happy with it but I think they're just becoming more accepting that's the way of the world these days it's just just kind of the way it is. We talked about, I mentioned previously that the reason we found you or were happy to find you is that you can help people navigate the sort of the private health insurance market so for folks that you know, are maybe retiring or are unemployed and they're not yet 65, so they're not eligible yet for Medicare. And then you can help them figure out what type of health insurance plan to go with. Because as we talked about earlier, the yes, there's the health connector and it's yes, it has all the information there, but it's just an overwhelming amount of information. And a lot of people need help navigating that. And I know that, so you also do Medicare, you help people with supplemental plans. And so we can talk a little bit about that if you'd like. I know you mentioned about this being you mentioned about being open enrollment for the just for health insurance in general, but it's also open enrollment for Medicare, correct? That is correct. And just to add on to what you just said, is the clients that I work with in the health insurance field is a wide range of people. I have people that are moving to the state of Massachusetts for the first time, or kids that are turning 26 that are getting kicked off their their parents' plan, or in the case of Medicare, one one spouse is migrating into Medicare and the other person is not and they need health insurance. I deal with small and large companies that are looking for better better rates than what they may have. It's, there's a wide gamut of clients that are serviced and take care of in the health insurance arena. 
and they all have their own specifications, their own needs. And I certainly listen to all of them uh, so that they can get a better sense of what they're looking for and then certainly direct them to that, that plan that may you know, take care of their needs the best. Yes, there is the health connector that's out there, but a lot of people are overwhelmed by going through that website or that, that process. That process is there for people that, you know, are income-wise need help. So it is a good option. And I'm not going to totally discredit what they can provide because if people are in uh, an income level that need help, they need to go through the health connector, get a mass health or a subsidized plan. But I don't work, I don't handle that. I work with clients that don't qualify for any of that and uh, don't want to go through that process because even if you don't want to plan through them or in a subsidized or a mass health, they still step you through the whole process to see if you bear, you qualify for that first. And a lot of folks really don't want to in, insert their financial information just to get the quotes for health insurance plans. So they don't have to do that through me. I don't ask those questions because I'm not looking to qualify them for mass health or, or a subsidized plan. But it's there for them if they need it. And uh, in, uh, to follow up on what you were saying is I work with a lot of clients that spouses are going into Medicare and I take care of the spouse that needs the health insurance or I can also help them migrate into the Medicare market because when you if you think the health insurance market is confusing <laughs> the Medicare market the, the, I think they went out of their way to make it even more confusing uh-huh. uh, so it, it's crazy how how they have it set up but it's what they have set up at this point in time whether or not it changes down the road we'll see but there's multiple parts to uh, Medicare and like you said earlier, right now is what's called annual election period, AEP, for uh, Medicare people. So anybody that's currently in Medicare can look at their plan and make changes right now. It, it goes from October 15th through December 7th. So the, that's their time period to look at their current plan, see if it'll work for them or if there's any changes to their current plan and make a switch. Or if they're happy, they just renew. Other people that are aging in to Medicare, and there's about 10,000 people per that age into Medicare across the country. Say, say that again? Ten, what do you say, 10,000? 10, 10,000 people a day age into Medicare. It's crazy. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, and we like that for you know, several more years on an average. Those people need, uh, those clients need help as well because they're unsure how to go about it, whether or not they should retire, whether they should stay on their company plan or go with Medicare. It's complex. It's a lot more regulated than health insurance. We're very strict about what we as brokers can say or do, when we can contact them, how we can contact them. But those folks need even more help than the health insurance, I find, because it's so complex and confusing. It's a matter of right, figuring out when exactly you want to enroll in Medicare, if you want to enroll in Medicare, and there's a lot of variables, such as what your income is, um, will help determine whether or not it's going to be a good fit for you. Because Medicare, as I tell most of my clients, it's a good option. It's actually a great option. It's a way of lowering your monthly cost premium-wise and getting actually better coverage for less money. 
but that's only if depending on your income. Because if you're a high income maker, especially you look back two years at your income. So if you have a high income, the starting point for those folks will be higher than a lot of other people because your income, your part B, there's several parts to Medicare. The government portion is Medicare A and B, which you have to be enrolled in first. And there's a premium for Medicare B. And that is all predicated on what your income was from two years ago. And that's your starting point as far as what the cost will be monthly. From that point, you take a look at what your other supplemental coverage will be. And there's really two paths to go down, but you have to be enrolled in Medicare A and B first. And then you look at the additional coverages, mainly because if you're just enrolled in Medicare A and B, you leave yourself wide open to financial exposure. There's, a and B doesn't pick up everything. There's significant gaps. Right. So that's why there are gap plans, Medicare supplement plans, Medicare prescription drug plans, or Medicare Advantage plans. And there's two paths you can go down. Basically with the Medicare market, you choose, once you choose you wanna go and enroll in Medicare, you, choose, you enroll in Medicare A and B, and then you choose a, a path. Path one, as I tell my clients, you choose a Medicare supplement plan and a prescription drug plan to give you complete coverage that go along with the Medicare A and B. Or path two, you choose a Medicare Advantage plan, okay, that go along with Medicare A and B as well. They both operate separately, one another, differently as well, and they both have their pros and cons. And it's a matter of what is ideal for the client. I present both. I represent the lion's share of the carriers that are in the, all this, but I don't represent all of them. And, uh, but I present both paths to my client, go over the details of the plans, go over how Medicare works from beginning to end for them. That, that, mo- that, that, that must take a while. <laughs> yeah, every phone call that I have, it can be on the lengthier side, but some people just need a little bit more hand-holding and that's fine because it is very complex and I'm confusing that I get it. That's what I'm here to do is I'm here to educate, I'm here to present options, and then I'm here to enroll them if they want, and then I'm here to be there so that they can contact somebody down the road if they have any questions or issues. So I work the same way in the Medicare market that I do in the health insurance market, that I'm retired at the hip once you enroll through me. I'm here to help you throughout the years and answer your questions, help you at renewal time. So it's it's a long-term relationship. I, yes, I like that and I appreciate that because we feel the same way about our our business and our clientele, that it's a long-term relationship. It's not a transactional relationship. So I appreciate that. Which is what you'll get. Everybody, when you turn on the TV nowadays, you, you see these Medicare ads at nauseum. Yes. Every time. So you call up one of those 800 numbers, that's what you get. That's a transactional situation. They take, they'll go through a lot of the, the hoops and jump through a lot of the details, but once you enroll with them, you're now you're assigned to a customer service number. That doesn't happen with me. You call me, you get me, and I will be able to help them. And then they tend to like that instead of calling up and getting a different person on the phone every time. And that's, so those phone numbers and those ads that you see on TV, they're great. They educate uh, to a certain degree some of the people about your options. But if you're looking for, you know, a little bit more service 
that's what I provide, and brokers in general. Yeah, you're not going to get, and you're, you're not actually going to get to speak to Joe Namath if you call the 1-800 number, so that's a little disappointing, I think, for some folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I see those commercials all the time, and now I'm more, I guess, tuned into that because of what I do, but it's, yeah, they're, there was a lot of them. I don't know if they're year-round or if they're just during open enrollment during during these times, but yeah. Oh, just now, just from October to December 7th. Is, uh, all the time. Yeah, around the clock. All the time. So just because, you know, we're talking, to, we've been talking about Medicare. So I think the probably the biggest question I get, Everett, around Medicare is, what do I need to do? People, when people are approaching 65 they're like they feel like they need to do something and could you maybe talk about that as far as what they need to do or don't need to do as they're reaching that age yes so the way it works with medicare is a lot of folks that i deal with they already are they're on a company plan currently so if they have a qualified company plan that they're on they don't have to do anything if they don't want can you expand on that just so what as far as what is what does that mean for a qualified plan if they're working with a, at a company that has a qualified plan, which meets all the requirements set by the Obamacare, basically, okay, which nowadays most company plans meet all the requirements, then they can elect to stay on that company plan throughout past six, age 65. And their spouse. And their spouse. So until they decide to A, retire, or they just want to come off that plan in general. So there's a lot that goes into it is depending on what the plan is, do they like the plan, what their cost is monthly. Because they, like I said earlier, they can, in most cases, do better on Medicare, pay less and get better coverage. But it all depends on what the plan they have through the company and what they're paying. But if they determine, yeah, this plan is not to my liking and I want to come off of this company plan and enroll in Medicare, then what they need to do is plan ahead. Because when you first age into Medicare, when you become turning 65, you basically have a seven month window of opportunity. Three months before your birth month, your birth month, and three months after to enroll in Medicare. And you have to enroll in first A and B. That's the starting point. And there's a number of ways to enroll in that. I usually suggest everybody enroll, on, or they can call Social Security, they can call Medicare, or they can set up an appointment at their Social Security office. Most of it's done right through the Social Security office in one shape or form. But once they enroll in Medicare A and B, then they have to wait for their card to come in the mail, and then they can enroll in the supplemental coverage that they choose. So while they're waiting for that supplemental or that plan or that A and B card to show up in the mail, that's when usually I have a conversation with them about their options, if not well before that. Because sometimes it's worthwhile for them to stay on their company plan and forego enrolling in Medicare. But they have to make sure that it's a qualified plan, which most cases are if it's a company. That way it has to be a certain, certain number of employees, right? Is that part of the qualification? They, yeah, they say it's 20 employees, but that's that's basically the set guideline set by Medicare. It's twenty employees have to twenty or twenty or more employees. However, in Massachusetts, it's it's a little bit more unclear because there's a lot of clients that I work with that are less have their own company plan and don't have to come off of it because it's a qualified plan. So that's as much as it's not as clear cut as you would think. But that is generally the of course, the of course not. <laughs> 
28 people. But I have clients that are been able to forego enrolling because they only have themselves on the plan and it's a company plan through their business and they have not needed to enroll. But if they don't have a company plan that they can claim that, they, that they're enrolled in, then they have to enroll in Medicare A and B at least. Okay, that will at least get them to avoid the penalty that comes with not enrolling when they first age into Medicare. Because when they turn 65, if they have a qualified plan that they're on, they can forego enrolling. If they don't, and they do not enroll in Medicare, then they set themselves up for a penalty for not enrolling at the time that they could have. That applies just to Part B, correct? Part B and D. Part B and D. Okay, thank you. There's Part D, you know, they call it an IRMA cost or an IRMA penalty that they will pay for not, not being enrolled at. Not signing up, but yeah, what they deem the appropriate time, yeah. That, that penalty doesn't go away, which is aggravating to a lot of people, and especially if they didn't know about it. I have my own mother that didn't know about it, and she didn't enroll, and she's paying a penalty every year. It's frustrating, but that it comes from people not being informed enough about the process and what to do, and that's why it's worthwhile reaching out to an expert to find out uh, what are their options and what can they do and what they have to do. And that's what we step them through, any broker or a Medicare broker. We'll step them through the process and jump ahead, help them jump ahead and figure out, all right, in the future, if you're going to be turning 65 in four months, is, is that something that you definitely want to do? You have to figure out what your costs are with your current plan. And let's look at what your cost would be if you enroll in Medicare and see if this is worthwhile. I would say probably well over 90% of uh, people I come in contact with, it's a better switch for them. Now, the kicker here is that obviously if it's a spouse, husband and spouse, or there's two people involved, the person that's on the, the company plan is the subscriber, that's going to affect the spouse. So then what does the spouse do? And that's I can certainly help with that as well. But if it's the other way around, let's say a person on the plan is not the subscriber, it's just a spouse, then they can come off the plan and not affect the spouse's uh, enrollment in the company plan. But in either situation, I can help the client look at their, their situation, see which one, which way might be the best route for them to go. If coming off their company plan is the best route, I can present them all their options or most of their options, and, and then we discuss it in great detail. They decide if they want to go forward. If they do, then I get them enrolled. But there is a lot more configuring that is needed for the Medicare market because it's not as clear cut as one would think and hope. And making the wrong decision can certainly have adverse effects because if you choose to come off Medicare or off your company plan, and it ends up costing you a lot more money because you didn't plan ahead or really look at all the cost variables. It's hard to pay off Medicare and go back on the, the company plan. It's doable, but it's just not ideal. We just have a minute or two, Everett, just so you know, before we take our next break. But yeah, I think that's that's the main question I think a lot of folks have because they hear about the penalty, right? And then they get concerned about that. And nobody likes the idea of a penalty and they want to avoid that if possible. And But it's understanding... 
if and when that applies to you. And that's, it may or it may not. And it depends on your plan. As you said, if it's a qualified plan in Massachusetts, then you can stay on the plan past 65 and you don't have to apply for Medicare as long as you're, as long as you're covered. And that's the main piece. All right. Oh, all right. So there's the music. All right. We're joined today by Everett Henderson from Henderson Insurance Group. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in a couple minutes.